Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Tuesday, January 11th, 2022. Coming up this hour... Jay Powell heads to Capitol Hill for confirmation hearings. Vice Chair Richard Clarida leaves his post at the Fed early. Pfizer announces plans for a hybrid vaccine to combat the Omicron variant. And the Senate targets the Nord Stream 2 pipeline with sanctions. Details and questions emerge about Sunday's deadly Bronx fire, plus Chicago public school students are set to return to classes tomorrow. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanchow in sports. Georgia beat Alabama with a national championship in college football. The Knicks won. The Nets and Rangers both lost. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 99.1 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures on the rise this morning. We're coming up to 601 on Wall Street. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 19 points. Dow futures up 94. NASDAQ futures up 95. Ten-year Treasury, that'll change. Yield 1.76%. And the yield on the two-year, 0.91%. And IMEX crude oil is up 1.4%. Nathan. Karen, we begin with today's confirmation hearing for Jay Powell to serve a second term as Fed chair. Powell's testimony comes as markets remain volatile, gripped by rising inflation and the prospect of higher interest rates. We get more from Bloomberg Economics correspondent Michael McKee. Powell comes before Congress just when there's something to talk about. Fear the Fed is behind the curve on inflation sent stocks lower on Monday as market interest rates continued to rise. Representatives will connect the dots trying to get a commitment from Powell. The Fed will ratify the market moves by raising rates sooner and faster. And they will ask him about plans for shrinking the Fed's balance sheet. Members will also want to know more about his plans for non-monetary policies at the Fed. How involved will the central bank be in climate change initiatives, in regulating cryptocurrencies, in approving bank mergers? Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Michael, thank you. Well, later this week, Lyle Brainerd heads to Capitol Hill for her confirmation hearing to serve as vice chair of the Fed. And now we're learning that her predecessor, Richard Clarida, is resigning early. Bloomberg's Doug Krisner has that story. Clarida will step down from the Board of Governors two weeks before his term is due to expire. Last week, it was revealed he had sold at least a million dollars in shares of a U.S. stock fund in February 2020. A few days later, he bought back a similar amount of the same fund on the eve of a major Fed announcement. Clarida has been a member of the board and vice chair since September 2018. President Biden has nominated Fed Governor Lael Brainerd to succeed Clarida. Her confirmation hearings begin on Thursday. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Doug. Meantime, the drumbeat for more interest rate hikes from the Fed is getting louder. For the latest there, we're joined live by Bloomberg's John Tucker. Good morning, John. Good morning, Nathan. The latest call for faster hikes comes from former New York Fed president and current Bloomberg opinion columnist Bill Dudley. He says the central bank needs to get a lot more hawkish. My best guess is 
you know, they, they need to do at least four or five rate hikes this year. And it wouldn't strike me at all if we, if we get into an every meeting kind of cycle at some point. Bill Dudley making the comments in an interview on Bloomberg Surveillance. Swaps markets already indicating three or four interest rate hikes from the central bank this year. Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan Chase forecasting four. Options traders also flagging the prospect of eight quarter-point rate moves by early 2024, up from earlier expectations of around six. In New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, John, thank you all. Just a couple months ago, there was confidence in a faster global recovery, and now that confidence may be fading. Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us with details on that. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. A new World Economic Forum survey finds just one in six government and business leaders are optimistic on the global economic recovery, and just one in ten thinks worldwide economic expansion will pick up speed. The Global Risks Report cites the pandemic, climate change, and rising social tensions among the biggest concerns. Short-term fears include health and social damage from COVID-19, while economic and debt-related issues are cited as medium-term dangers. I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. Now we turn to the latest on the pandemic and vaccines. Pfizer says it is developing a hybrid shot that combines its original vaccine with a formulation that shields against the Omicron variant. According to CEO Albert Borla, Pfizer will approach U.S. regulators in March for clearance of the shot. Well, Moderna is also working on a shot aimed at the Omicron variant, Nathan. We caught up with CEO Stefan Bonsell. We are moving very aggressively. We're going to be here in a couple of weeks uh, in the clinic with an Omicron-specific variant booster. CEO Stefan Bonsell says Moderna has more than $18 billion in vaccine orders so far this year. In Hong Kong, Karen, authorities are doubling down on their COVID zero policy. The city is reimposing some of the strictest limits since the pandemic began. Kindergartens and primary schools will close and passengers from high risk countries will be banned from passing through Hong Kong's international airport. Meantime, Nathan, we're seeing somewhat of an exodus from Hong Kong. Expatriates and locals are moving away from the city in increasing numbers. And Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis has that story. The population decline is running at 1.2% since the end of 2020. It's the biggest drop in at least six decades. Policymakers have stepped up their crackdown on civil society, and they've brushed aside an uproar over aligning with China's COVID zero strategy. The brain drain is seen in sectors as education, healthcare, and even finance. And critics say it will likely be felt by residents for years to come. Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Brian, thank you. Back here in the U.S., the Nord Stream 2 pipeline is in focus on Capitol Hill. The Senate is considering plans to impose tough new sanctions on the pipeline that links Russia and Germany. Amy Morris has details from our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. The Senate could vote for sanctions this week, but some Democrats argue sanctions now could make it more likely Russia will invade Ukraine because it would break the United States away from Germany. But the Senate vote is moving forward as part of a deal between Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Senator Ted Cruz of Texas. Cruz introduced the sanctions bill while placing a hold on dozens of President Biden's foreign policy nominees. This could clear the way for those nominees to be confirmed. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. Well, turning to the markets now, trading has resumed at the London Metal Exchange after a five-hour outage. The world's most important base metals exchange said it had connectivity issues caused by a power outage at a third-party data center. And again, futures are on the rise this morning and straight ahead. Your latest local headlines plus a check of sports and this is Bloomberg. 
Thanks, Karen. 607 on Wall Street. Temperatures on the decline. We're at 17 degrees in Central Park and still dealing with a bad tractor-trailer crash as northbound Deegan shut down at 179th. Michael Barr is here with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Prayers were held last night as sorrow filled a Bronx community after Sunday's fire and choking smoke engulfed a high-rise apartment complex. The death toll has been lowered to 17 people killed, including eight children. Firefighters say the blaze was sparked by a faulty space heater, but the deadly smoke traveled throughout the building due to an open door in the hallway. Mayor Eric Adams. Close the door. Close the door. That was embedded in my head as a child watching the commercials over and over again. We're going to double down on that message. Mayor Adams says the flames damaged only a small part of the building, but smoke poured through the apartment's open door and turned stairwells into death traps. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy warned the residents of his state that they are already seeing hospital admissions that rival some of the pandemic's worst days. We're in the thick of this latest fight against the Omicron tsunami washing across the state. Governor Murphy is concerned it's not even the reported peak of the Omicron variant of the coronavirus that health officials have been warning us about. Both the ICU and ventilator numbers are up significantly and have roughly doubled since Christmas. These are the highest numbers we've seen since May of 2020. Governor Murphy says many New Jersey towns and cities have reintroduced mask mandates. New Jersey Transit said rail and bus ridership has declined following the holiday season and an Omicron-fueled coronavirus surge. Weekday rail ridership was at about 30 to 35 percent of pre-COVID levels in December, down from about 55% a month earlier. Chicago public schools are set to reopen for students tomorrow after the teachers' union leadership voted to approve a deal with city officials to restart in-person classes in the nation's third-largest school district. Schools have been closed since January 5th after Chicago teachers voted to shift back to remote learning, demanding more stringent protections amid a COVID-19 surge. President Biden travels to Atlanta today to push voting rights legislation. Biden will travel with the vice president. North Korea fired a ballistic missile that flew at almost 10 times the speed of sound into waters off its eastern coast. South Korea says the missile fell into the sea, separating the peninsula from Japan. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Almost 610 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. Next day to the college football season ended in Indianapolis, Alabama, and Georgia. They played last month for the SEC Championship. Bama won that one by 17 points. Georgia won last night by 15. It was closer than that. Bama had leads in the third and fourth quarters, but Georgia, after scoring no touchdowns for the first 43 and a half minutes, scored four TDs in the last 16 and a half minutes. That included a game ceiling score in the final minute. Makes an inside handoff to Robinson. Throws to the near side. Intercepted at the 21-yard line. And Keely Ringo bringing it back across midfield. Across the 30. Inside the 20. Ringo scores! The Georgia Bulldogs lead by two scores with 54 seconds to go. ESPN Radio had the call. The final 33-18. to Georgia's first national championship since Herschel Walker led them in 1980. They lost the title game to Bama four years ago in overtime. Crimson Tide denied what would have been a seventh title in the last 13 years. Knicks finally winning some home games. Four in a row with the Garden. Pulled away from the Spurs second half. Won 111-96. 31 points. 
for R.J. Barrett. Nets in Portland were without James Harden, knee injury. The Blazers without Damian Lillard. Portland won it. 114 to 108, and Brooklyn's now dropped five of the last seven. Rangers beaten by the Kings in LA, three to one. The Dave Gettleman retirement made official. Giants now looking for a new general manager. Three coaches just got fired. Matt Nagy in Chicago, Mike Zimmer in Minnesota, and in a surprise, Brian Flores in Miami. The Dolphins finished the season going eight and one. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John, thank you. Right now, S&P futures are up 15 points. Dow futures up 73. NASDAQ futures are higher by 84 points. Ten-year treasury, little change. The yield 1.75%. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Sunny but cold today. The high near 20. Tomorrow, partly sunny. High near 40 degrees. Will be mostly cloudy and near 40 on Thursday. 17 is the current temperature in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. European stocks are bouncing back from their biggest decline in six weeks as Treasury yields steady a day before a key U.S. inflation rating. And U.S. futures are higher this morning. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures up 15 points. Dow futures up 74. NASDAQ futures up 76. The DAX in Germany is up 1%. The 10-year Treasury up 132nd. Yield 1.75%. Yield on the two-year, 0.90%. NYMEX crude oil is up 1.5%, up $1.16 at $79.39 a barrel. COMEX gold up a third of a percent, or $6.20 at $18.05 an ounce. The euro, 1.1332 against the dollar. British pound, 1.36. And the yen, 115.44. And looking at Bitcoin this morning at $41,800. That's up about two-tenths of a percent. And Aptiv has agreed to buy Wind River from TPG Capital for $4.3 billion in cash. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Karen. Investigators are trying to determine why safety doors failed to close in a New York City high-rise when a deadly fire broke out. The failures allowed thick smoke to billow through the tower and kill 17 people. The Republican National Committee sued the New York City area over a law that will give non-citizens the right to vote in local elections, calling it a blatant attack on election integrity. Chicago's students will be back in the classroom tomorrow. The teachers' union and the city reached a deal about COVID safety protocols that led to in-person classes closing January 5th. Real estate heir and convicted murderer Robert Durst has died of cardiac arrest at age 78. Georgia beat Alabama 33-18 to win college football's national championship. In the NBA, the Knicks and Celtics won. The Nets lost. In the NHL, the Bruins beat the Capitals 7-3. The Rangers lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. All right, Michael, thank you. We're coming up to 620 on Wall Street Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. We want to get more now on the pandemic as the Omicron variant threatens to overwhelm the U.S. health system. Dr. Bhaktian Sodi is with us this morning, Associate Professor of Emergency Medicine at Johns Hopkins University. Doctor, it's good to have you with us this morning as the Washington Post is reporting the number of people in the hospital with COVID-19 is close to a pandemic record. Where do you see things as far as this Omicron wave is going? Is our health system equipped to handle it? 
Our health system is equipped to handle it because it has to handle it, not because we have unlimited resources, but we will make resources. There's innovations happening around the country, um, deployment of National Guard, a declaration of states of emergency, um, employing non-medical workers to take on clinical roles, and then expansion of bed capacity hospitals. So people are rallying. Um, every health system is trying to be innovative in how we optimize the performance of our hospitals. And so we will handle it because we have to handle it. And we are seeing evidence, at least in New York City, that COVID may be peaking. We've seen the seven-day average of ER visits drop sharply since last month when the Omicron variant was uh, first identified. Can we be confident that this Omicron wave is going to pass as quickly as it's emerged in this country? We really hope so. Consistently throughout this pandemic, we've looked at other countries such as the United Kingdom and South Africa who had a wave before us. Um, in South Africa in particular, that wave lasted around 30 days. I think in the United States, it's further complicated by the winter holidays and then the flu being prevalent also. But yes, um, you know, we just need to get through this with grace and patience, um, and we shall also pass. Um, we also note that the ER visits are being decreased as individuals are being more comfortable with relying on rapid tests at home um, and avoiding the ER for non-emergency cases. Although at the same time, tests have been hard to come by in uh, plenty of places across this country. How has that complicated the response to this variant? Well, I mean, then you just are acting blind, right? So without effective testing strategies, you as an individual are unsure if you have COVID or do not have COVID and thus are more likely to spread COVID to other individuals. Um, there's also inequity with test distribution, tests being on average $20 per test means that the poorest of our society, those who perhaps would need them the most due to their living situations and inability to quarantine, do not have access to testing. We've heard from Pfizer CEO Albert Borla saying that his company is uh, or has been working on an Omicron-specific vaccine and coming up with a hybrid shot that combines the original formulation with something tailored to this new variant. Do you think that's going to be something that's necessary to get us over this Omicron wave? Well, not just the Omicron wave, but it may provide better resilience to Delta also and or newer variants. As variants continue to evolve, so must our vaccines. And we do this annually anyway with the influenza virus. And that has been a successful strategy to prevent influenza surges. Sounds like you're thinking that we're going to need booster shots indefinitely. Is that what you're saying? That is what I'm saying. It is likely that this virus will continue to evolve especially as we do not have vaccine access globally. And so we need to be prepared for future waves and future variants of concern. In our last minute here, Doctor, there's some talk uh, in parts of the world about starting to discuss thinking of COVID as endemic rather than a pandemic. Is this the right time to think about that when we still are dealing with this Omicron variant and potentially other variants down the line? Absolutely not. So in my opinion, a virus is endemic when its impact on society is predictable and the variation in when it occurs is predictable also. COVID is not that right now. It is crippling our society. It's crippling our health systems. We really don't know what else this virus can throw at us. And I worry that by labeling it as endemic means that individuals will become complacent. 
So this is not the time for complacency. We still need to actively fight the virus. We have the tools. We have vaccines, masking, testing, social distancing. I think we'll get there soon, especially as our under five population become vaccinated. But right now, we just need to get through this wave and that it should be our sole focus. Yeah, let's hope we get there soon. Dr. Hansodi, thank you, as always, for your insights. Dr. Bhakti Hansodi is Associate Professor of Emergency Medicine at the Johns Hopkins University Bloomberg School of Public Health, which is supported by Michael Bloomberg. He's the founder and majority owner of Bloomberg Radio's parent company, Bloomberg LP. S&P futures up 15 points. Dow futures and NASDAQ futures at the moment both up 77 points. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunny but cold today, only near 20 degrees. Partly sunny, upper 30s tomorrow. We'll get up to near 40 on a mostly cloudy Thursday. Right now, 17 degrees in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119 and around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. And we're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Trade crypto for less coin with commissions just 12 to 18 basis points and no hidden spreads or markups. Learn more at ibkr.com slash crypto. Up first, U.S. futures are higher ahead of confirmation hearings for Jay Powell. The Fed chair plans to tell senators that the central bank will prevent higher inflation from a Coming entrenched, Ed Mills is a Washington policy analyst at Raymond James. Jay Powell is getting confirmed, and his job is to give Republicans a reason to stick with him, to vote for his reconfirmation. If you are Jay Powell, you're talking about inflation. You're talking about what you're going to do next. Ed Mills of Raymond James spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the program weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. Well, meantime, Karen, the drumbeat for more interest rate hikes from the Fed is getting louder. Bloomberg's John Tucker joins us live with details. John. Nathan, swaps indicate the Fed's target will be 88 basis points higher by the end of this year. A sign the market's baking in three hikes, plus the possibility of a fourth. Former New York Fed President Bill Dudley says the central bank needs to get more hawkish. J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs are forecasting four rate increases this year. And tomorrow's CPI report could put more pressure on the Fed, with estimates calling for an annual inflation rate north of 7%. In New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, John, thank you. As inflation picks up, confidence in the global economic recovery appears to be fading. The details on that now from Bloomberg's Renita Young. A World Economic Forum survey finds just one in six government and business leaders are optimistic on the global recovery, and just one in ten thinks worldwide economic expansion will pick up speed. The Global Risks Report cites the pandemic, climate change, and rising social tensions among the biggest concerns, and those polled want to see greater coordination among leaders to try to solve the world's problems. I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. Renita, thanks. When it comes to the pandemic, Pfizer's working on a new vaccine. The company's developing a hybrid shot combining its original vaccine with a formula that shields against the Omicron variant. Pfizer says it'll approach U.S. regulators in March for clearance of the shot. 
And Nathan, on the political front, lawmakers have the Nord Stream 2 pipeline in their sights. The Senate could vote this week to impose new sanctions on the gas pipeline that links Russia and Germany. And that's five things you need to know to start your day, brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Again, futures are higher this morning, and straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports, and this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 633 on Wall Street, 17 degrees in Central Park. Still dealing with a bad tractor-trailer crash. Got the northbound Deegan shut down at 139th. Michael Barr is here with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Tenants of the Bronx apartment building where a deadly fire broke out Sunday had complained about the lack of heat, a broken radiator, and a door that did not close properly in the months before the blaze, according to city records. City officials say the fire appeared to have come from a malfunctioning space heater in an apartment where residents fled without closing the door, and that sent black smoke throughout the building. New York Mayor Eric Adams. This painful moment can turn into a purposeful moment as we send the right message of something simple as closing the door. Mayor Adams says the death toll of the fire has been lowered to 17 dead. New York's COVID-19 infections may have reached a peak about a month after the city's first case of the Omicron variant was identified. According to New York City Health Department records, the seven-day average of people visiting emergency departments with COVID-like illness has dipped significantly in all five boroughs since the end of December. Meanwhile, New Jersey health officials say they may have 8,000 COVID-related hospitalizations nearing the state's pandemic peak in the third week of January. Governor Phil Murphy. We're recording more deaths tragically now more than at any point in the past year. And remember, remember one year ago, we had only just begun our vaccination efforts. Governor Murphy says many towns and cities in New Jersey have reintroduced mask mandates. Chicago students plan to resume classes tomorrow after leaders of the teachers union accepted a proposal with the district over 19 COVID-19 safety protocols. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Some will ask who won and who lost. No one wins when our students are out of the place where they can learn the best and where they're safest. The deal still requires approval by the union's full membership. North Korea has test-fired a second ballistic missile in less than a week. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports. Kim Jong-un apparently trying to send a clear sign that he meant what he said about having no desire to enter into any kind of nuclear talks with the U.S. It definitely ratchets up tensions in the region itself as well. The missile launch first was reported by Japan's Coast Guard, then confirmed by South Korea's chiefs of staff. Japan's Prime Minister Fumio Kishida calls the launches extremely regrettable. Kim has announced his intent to develop weapons that can evade interception by U.S. technology. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. Global news 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Michael, thank you. 6.36 on Wall Street. Time for Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. All right, Nathan. Four years ago, Georgia lost the national championship game to Alabama in overtime. And then last month, the Bulldogs' perfect season spoiled by the Crimson Tide in the SEC championship game. And Bama led last night 9-6 late third quarter. Georgia then went ahead. A 67-yard run set up the game's first touchdown. Fourth quarter, Crimson Tide regained the lead. But then it was Georgia's turn. Second and 18. 8-18 to go. The clock running. Bama leading by five. 
showing blitz. Three play. down. Yep, Alabama was offside, so here's a deep throw to the end zone. And it is caught for a touchdown by A.D. Mitchell. ESPN had the call, 40-yard TD. Later, another TD pass, and then a 79-yard pick six in the final minute. Georgia beat Alabama in Indianapolis. 33 to 18, first national championship for the Bulldogs since 1980. At the Garden, another big game for RJ Barrett. He had a 32 point game last week. Also, that game winning buzzer beater and 31 points last night. Knicks beat the Spurs 111 96. Nets lost in Portland 114 to 108. Kevin Durant in defeat at 28. Kyrie Irving's second game of the season. He played 40 minutes, scored 22. Rangers lost in LA to the Kings 3 to 1. Black Monday in the NFL. Three coaches got fired. Matt Nagy in Chicago. Mike Zimmer in Minnesota. And in a surprise, Brian Flores in Miami. Not Joe Judge. He did meet with Giants owner John Mara. On the day the Dave Gettleman retirement was made official, Mara and the Giants have begun the search for a new general manager. Don Maynard passed away at 86. Drafted by the Giants, they cut him. Maynard went to the Jets, became a Hall of Fame wide receiver. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports, Nathan. All right, John, thanks. 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks. Some of the names moving in the pre-market. Bloomberg Radio and TV markets correspondent Kriti Gupta joins us as some earnings news from CVS crosses the Bloomberg terminal, Kriti. They absolutely do. You have CVS coming out and actually boosting their EPS guidance. It looks like uh, they have actually beat those estimates. Those shares are, they were moving, I should say. Now they are pairing some of those initial gains on the headlines. Now about flat, the ticker is C. But keep an eye on this because it is, of course, going to be the kickoff of earnings season. So you will see a lot of movement when it comes to regular trading. That being said, Nathan, we also have some analyst calls that are moving stocks in a pretty big way. AMD is top of my list, up 2% in the pre-market. This comes after KeyBank upgrades the chip maker to overweight from sector weight, putting a price target at $155 a share. The last close was $132. The analyst saying that the company is set to benefit from robust cloud data center growth in 2020. 22 of a, quote, high teens percentage. That is quite the vote of confidence from KeyBank. Uh, and similar story when it comes to Las Vegas Sands, LVS up 3%. You'll remember that yesterday uh, Bank of America had actually downgraded this stock. JP Morgan, however, raising it to an overweight from a neutral, announcing a $48 price target, giving a little bit of a tailwind to the stock in the pre-market. Moving on to Intel, INTC is your ticker, up 1.5% in the pre-market. The chip maker hiring Micron's David Zinsner as CFO. This is a big part of the big uh, Intel shakeup at the top. And I'm going to end here with American Airlines up 1.4%. AAL is your ticker after Morgan Stanley continues to have a bullish view on the U.S. airline sector, expecting, quote, normal service to resume in 2022 and accelerate in the back half to set up for a stronger year in 2023. It also upgrades American Airlines to equal weight while trimming targets for several other companies. All right, so a few analyst upgrades there. Do we have any downgrades this morning? We can't have any upgrades without any downgrades. <laughs> okay. So absolutely. New core is the one that caught my eye. NUE is the ticker down 1.4% after the steelmaker was downgraded to underperform from peer perform over at Wolf Research, putting a price target of $102. The analyst is, quote, most excited about downstream specialty metals names, but sees, quote, a trifecta of bad news 
for steel name. So, of course, Nucor falling under that. NUE is the ticker. Once again, down 1.4%, Nathan. All right. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta with us this morning and taking a look at stocks as a whole ahead of the open. Futures are moving higher with S&P futures up 17 points right now. Dow futures up 93. NASDAQ futures are higher by 83 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 230 seconds. The yield 1.75%. Reiterating the breaking news, CVS has upgraded its forecast for Adjusted earnings per share uh, in a level that beat the average analyst estimate. Uh, CVS shares in the pre-market are little changed. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunny but cold today, the high only near 20. Tomorrow, partly sunny, high near 40 degrees, and we'll be near 40 on Thursday under a mostly cloudy sky. Clear right now, 17 degrees. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Futures on the rise this morning. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures are in the green right now. Dow futures up 93 points. S&P's gained 17. Well, the Nasdaq futures are higher by 84. The U.S. 10-year yield at 1.76%. Gold is up four. Oil is climbing. And Bitcoin is little changed. Japan fell 0.9% overnight, while European markets are also in the green, led by 1% gains in France and Germany. Back in the U.S. on the economic front at 10 o'clock, Powell's nomination hearing begins. And regarding earnings, look for Albertsons to report in the pre-market. In other news, Goldman Sachs and UBS reiterated their bullish calls on equities. And wrapping things up, Alcoa was cut to hold over at Deutsche Bank. AMD raised overweight at KeyBank. Citigroup is bullish on Macau, but downgraded Win Resorts on valuation. And IBM was cut to sell over at UBS. Live from the First of Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you. And here live breaking news over your Bloomberg-type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. And that's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. An investigation is underway into the Bronx apartment fire that took at least 17 lives, including eight children. The space heater is being blamed for the cause of the fire, but the apartment door did not close, sending thick black smoke throughout the building. New York Mayor Eric Adams called it a global tragedy because many of the victims are immigrants from Gambia in West Africa. A deal has been reached to get schools open again in Chicago. Students will be back in the classroom tomorrow after teachers walked out January 5th. The teachers' union and the city reached an agreement over safety precautions around COVID-19. Georgia beat Alabama 33-18 to win college football's national championship. In the NBA, the Knicks and Celtics won. The Nets lost. In the NHL, the Bruins beat the Capitals 7-3. The Rangers lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. The following commentary is from Bloomberg Opinion. Jobs report makes a March Fed rate hike nearly a done deal. I'm Brian Chapata, a columnist for Bloomberg Opinion. Only a few hurdles remain before it's safe for bond traders to assume that the Fed will start raising interest rates in March. The U.S. economy just cleared a big one with the latest report on the labor market. The unemployment rate tumbled to 3.9%, beating projections for a dip to 4.1%. Average hourly earnings jumped 4.7% from a year ago, handily outpacing the median forecast. 
For traders who are trying to pinpoint the Fed's path, it all boils down to the calendar of economic releases. Next up, consumer price index data that's expected to show a 7.1% increase from a year ago. Two weeks later comes a Fed decision. The central bank goes to painstaking lengths to signal to markets that it's about to do something meaningful. With a 3.9% jobless rate and inflation that's expected to remain way above target, it stands to reason that the Fed could insert some language into its next statement that would prime markets for a March rate hike. It's the new year and way past time for the Fed to clean up the narrative. The U.S. economy is in an inflationary boom, and it's ready to move interest rates off the zero lower bound. I'm Brian Chapata. For more opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPIN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. And Bloomberg Opinion commentaries can be heard every weekday at this time, and Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. It is 6.50 on Wall Street. Let's turn to news and science and technology now with a Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, which announced that renowned scholar and educational leader Dr. Tech Lim will join the university as NJIT's ninth president. Learn more at NJIT.edu. Now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. In Hong Kong, authorities are doubling down on their controversial COVID-0 policy. It's reimposing some of its strictest limits since the pandemic began. Kindergartens and primary schools will close again. Meanwhile, passengers from what are considered high-risk countries are said to be banned from transiting through Hong Kong's international airport. The United States staggered through a steady onslaught of deadly billion-dollar weather and climate disasters in an extra-hot 2021, while the nation's greenhouse gas emissions last year jumped 6% because of surges in coal and long-haul trucking. Three different reports released Monday, though not directly connected, paint a picture of a U.S. in 2021 struggling with global warming and its efforts to curb it. The World Economic Forum says cybersecurity and space are emerging risks to the global economy, adding to existing challenges posed by climate change and the coronavirus pandemic. The Global Risks Report is usually released ahead of the annual elite winter gathering of CEOs and world leaders in the Swiss ski resort of Davos. But the event has been postponed for a second year in a row because of COVID. And that's a Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Thank you, Karen. We're live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. We're at 652 on Wall Street, and it's time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories from our nation's capital include Fed Jer, uh, Jay Powell promising to take on inflation ahead of his Senate reconfirmation hearing. Nord Stream 2 sanctions set for a Senate vote as the U.S. and Russia talk. And President Biden in a new push for voting rights as allies fear he may be too late. Let's bring in Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins with us from Washington, D.C. On a morning, Emily, where a lot of investors' eyes will be on the Senate Banking Committee for a Fed Chair Powell's confirmation hearing. Yes, this is going to be a big one today. Uh, we're going to expect uh, Powell to really just start off with the with the big elephant in the room, which is inflation. He's going to say that the central bank will prevent higher inflation from becoming entrenched. Obviously, we've already seen it for that for a number of months. He's also going to caution that a post-pandemic economy might look different than the previous economy that, that we saw pre-pandemic. And he's going to pledge to lawmakers that the Fed will use their tools to support their economy as well as a strong labor market and really try and make sure that inflation is able to come back down. Uh, we can expect a number of questions from lawmakers, not just on inflation, but also on unemployment numbers that have been coming out recently. A number of them, including last Fridays, have fallen below the mark. 
Uh, and it's not just Jay Powell. You also have Governor Lael Bernard, who's go- who is picked by Biden to serve as vice chair. She's going to come before the committee on Thursday. Right. And she's up for uh, vice chair for supervision, the top regulatory position. How much could regulation play into what we hear from the uh, senators today when they question Powell, though? I think that's definitely going to play a part as far as what can the Fed do? What does the Fed thinking about as it goes forward? I mean, these are a number of lawmakers that I think both Democrats and Republicans alike who are very concerned about the inflation numbers that they're seeing. They understand that this is something that Americans are, are very much feeling very, uh, very, uh, in a real and tangible way. And so I think that's going to be one of the top of mind concerns, especially concerning to the certain fact that, you know, Powell has been head of the Fed for the last four years and this inflationary rise has happened on his watch. And another reason, of course, we're going to be watching the Senate this week. Votes could be coming on sanctions against Nord Stream 2, the pipeline between Russia and Germany, just as the U.S. and Russia are in the midst of security talks. I mean, that could really complicate things. Yeah, a lot of Democrats are very concerned about this vote. They say that at this point, the U.S. implying these sanctions really shows the division between the U.S. and some of its European allies like Germany. And lawmakers say that this is the absolute wrong time to do something like that, as the U.S. is currently engaged in negotiations with Russia over the situation at the Ukraine border. But this vote came about in part because Senator Ted Cruz had blocked a number of uh, picks and nominations by President Biden from getting a vote. And as part of a deal cut with Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Schumer agreed to allow a vote on this um, if Cruz would go ahead and allow a number of these nominations pass. And so that's why we're seeing this vote happen today. Um, and there's, there's a question on whether you're going to see that, that 60 votes that that's needed to move forward. That means that 10 uh, Democrats are going to have to join Republicans. It, it would mean that all Republicans would have to vote for this. Um, and so that's the sort of, sort of numerous dynamics that are playing out today uh, in regards to this vote. But, but there's certainly a lot of concern about what this would mean for the U.S.'s relationship with Germany and Europe at a very critical time for these various countries to be standing unified. In our last minute here, Emily, I'm sure you're going to be watching this afternoon as President Biden heads to Atlanta to uh, keep up this push for voting rights legislation. Yes, this is coming as the Senate uh, tried to pass uh, against the voting rights bills and is considering a potential change to Senate rules to get them through. Uh, Biden's going to be in Atlanta. Uh, you're going to see Vice President Kamala Harris come. You're going to see a number of major civil rights leaders and lawmakers be there. It's going to be a big moment for Biden. But the reality is, is that there's not really a path forward to get any of this voting legislation done. Uh, it, like I mentioned, it would require a rules change. And at this point, Senators Joe Manchin and Senators Chris Sinema have said that they are opposed to that. Um, it doesn't seem like Republicans are budging on supporting any of these pieces of legislation. So really, it's going to be a moment where Biden is going to be sort of leaving it to the messaging, calling this uh, an important moment. This is something that's critical to be done. Uh, we'll be interested to see if he takes a stance on what should happen with the Senate rules on the filibuster. That might be the big news that comes out of this today. 
All right, Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins, you know you'll be watching for that very closely. Thanks for joining us ahead of all that. And a reminder that you can tune back into Bloomberg Radio this morning, right around 10 a.m. Wall Street time as the Senate Banking Committee begins its confirmation hearing for a second term for Jay Powell as chairman of the Federal Reserve. And you can read much more about all these stories out of Washington, D.C. at uh, Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg terminal. Looking ahead to the market open, futures are moving higher this morning. S&P futures are up 17 points. Dow futures up 84. NASDAQ futures are higher by 82 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 132nd. The yield 1.75%. Bloomberg surveillance is up next. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager, and this is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.